We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Listen, when I teach, I know that some of you are different levels, some of you are very advanced in this thing, but there are some of us that need to get basics right. If you don't get basics right, you will not go far. The foundation will be faulty, what can the righteous do? And sometimes you think you have heard it, but you have not heard it. Somebody walked up to me recently and and, and asked me, what does salvation mean? He, I felt how Jesus felt when he said to Philip, have I been with you this long? (laughs) <laughs> you do not know me. But I realize that we, we, we sometimes we, we haven't quite caught it. Over and 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 over until, until it sits. And when it sits, you know that it has sat. So here's, here's what is on my mind for a few weeks now. Eternal life, assurance beyond probability. Eternal life, assurance beyond Probability. If you are not convinced about your salvation, something is fundamentally wrong. It doesn't matter what we preach. It will be of no effect to you. Because you don't even know if you are saved. You don't know how you are saved. And like I said, for somebody here, it's it's stuff that you know is fine. Just be praying the spirit as I'm teaching everybody else. Is that okay? But somebody needs to understand what eternal life means. Are we together? I put a few posts up um, a few a couple of weeks ago and I said there is no probability in the gospel. Who saw that post on, on Instagram and on my, my WhatsApp? There, can we say that together? There is no probability in the gospel. No probability. For anyone who has heard the gospel and has believed, there is no probability. You know why? God two statements. God cannot give what he does not have. Yeah? Two, God cannot give less than what he has. God cannot give what he doesn't have. God cannot give less than what he has. It's a chart, so I will just throw it smack bang in your face. When you go home, the Spirit of God helps you unpack it. That therefore means that if God has eternal life, he cannot give you temporal life. Because God has to give you of the same substance that he is. Of the same substance that he has. So from the onset, it has never been God's desire or even ability to give you less than what he has. It's never been God's desire to give you less. Than what he has. The thief cometh not before to steal. John 10, 10. Kill and to destroy. But I am come. That they might have life Zoe. And have that life in abundance. Reckless overflow that doesn't run out. That's what the word abundance means in the Greek. So one of the fundamental things about a believer. Is the assurance of your salvation beyond probability. A son of God does not say. How am I sure I am saved? No. A child of God doesn't say that. Oh, I, I messed up today. No, I, I, I've fallen short of the glory. 
And then you now start. So every day you are, you are getting born again. Every day you are getting born again. Every day the megaphone passes your street. In the morning. Jesus didn't go and force the gospel down anybody's throat. You see, you guys feel like, oh, ouch. But it's the truth. Jesus didn't go kicking down people's doors. See, you must hear the gospel. As you enter this car now, what if you enter this, this enter, climb this horse, enter this chariot, you're going from Jericho to Bethlehem, and the chariot and the horse crash. Where will you spend eternity? Do you ever see such an instance of Jesus teaching the gospel? Paul stood in front of Agrippa and he spoke about the gospel and the guy said, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. And Paul didn't go ahead and say, okay, today by force since I brought you this close you must enter. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. He wishes that all none should perish but that all should come so repentance. Second Peter says that I believe, and then and then and then and then Paul says in in Second Timothy uh, two, I, I believe four, uh, from verse three, that God who will have all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But He's not forcing that down your neck. He's not choking you with it. So every time you hear the microphone, guys, like, Ah, Lord Jesus, am I am I even saved? I lied yesterday. I can't be saved though. You know what, Lord, just as I am without a place, but thy, thy blood was shed for me, and as thy bid me come to thee, O Lamb of God. And you keep coming and coming and coming and coming. You never arrive. <laughs> I, I, I said it was a church, right? I'm not teaching. You never arrive. You keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. You keep inviting him. Come and take your place, oh Lord. Come and take. When has he actually come? When has he actually taken the place? And when has he taken residence and state? You are always inviting him. Always inviting him to touch you, to come. To touch you, to come. To touch you, to come. And he never takes residence. What kind of salvation do you have? There is no probability in the gospel. As a believer, you are either saved or you are saved. Did you hear what I said? As a believer, you are either saved or you are saved. Because God cannot be eternal and give you temporal life. He's a fraud of a God. <laughs> you are either saved I put a couple of thoughts down here the gospel believed is the finality of assurance for the believer the gospel believed is the finality of assurance for the believer the gospel believed is the finality of assurance for the believer, can we all say that together, please? Is what in life? One to go. The gospel believed is the finality of assurance. So if if you believed the gospel, that's all the work. Yeah. Stephanie preached it. John chapter six, verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Put it up on the screen. Let some people see it. John chapter six, verse twenty-eight. He had said all these things, and they were like, "Okay." So they then said to him, "What shall we do that we may work the works of God?" See verse 29. Who answered them? Not the bishop. Who answered them? Not Pav. Who answered them? 
not the synod of elders and presbyters who answered them and what did he say this is the work of God that you believe in him who he sent I want to do the work of ministry I want to work for God 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 believe so being in choir is not working for God been in uh, sanctuary keepers, protocol department, crowd control unit that never hears the word of God because they are always interested in the cars. (laughs) Children's teacher, uh, prayer band, technical, media people, uh, it's not the work of God. The work of God is a, a, a knowing and a confessing from a place of rest. It is so simple it can pass off as passive. And that's why we struggle with it. You see the problem with, with life and the whole Christianity thing is the fact that you, you don't trust it if it's simple. So preachers every day are looking for 1,009 ways to accentualize the gospel. We want to, oh, the algorithm of faith. You know what I mean? Yeah, we want to give it all these wonderful, deep things, you know, unveiling the deep, known, profound mysteries of, of, of the kingdom of God. Unpacking, because you don't, you don't trust it, it's too simple. So for a preacher to be relevant and get preaching gigs, he must sweeten you with enticing words of men's wisdom. He must say something that stands him apart from everybody else to earn his place in the preaching gig roster. Do you understand what I'm saying? He must bring some words, he must bring some rhymes, the picture that you future, that you feature in, so that you can... And you'll be like, oh, preach, preach, preacher. Rhymes, oh, preach. Because as they do that, they are able to carve niches for themselves that ensure their patronage. Because you will not believe simple. Billy Akane has been preaching the gospel, this gospel, for decades. How many of you have believed him? Why? It's too simple. So you, you won't take him seriously. You're doing conferences for decades. Teaching the same gospel. The problem of the gospel is not in its complexity. It is in its simplicity. So simple that it sounds stupid. The gospel is simple. You want to walk the walk of God? Believe. In him who he sent. In other words, working the walk of God culminates in believing Christ. So, believe. And once you believe you have walked the work, everything else you do is not the work, it's a consequence of the work. Do you understand? And we have taken the consequences of a work we have not walked and then made that the work. Hoping that when we do these things that we have made work, we can come into a place that we could have only come into by believing. Do you, I said that the work is to believe. 
Everything else you do, giving, walking in church, preaching to the, to the saints, to the, to the saved, to the lost, all of that stuff is consequences or outflows of the work, which is what? Believe. We have removed the work, taken, extracted the consequence, made those consequences the work, and now do that work in the hope that it will now bring us into a place that can only be assessed by believing. So the reason why you don't have any probability, any assurance of your salvation, any guarantee of eternal life, is because you are measuring what it is by how much you are doing. Is anybody catching this? You are measuring, okay, I've not done enough. I I cannot be said to be confident about my sonship because I, I, I missed tithe three times last year. And as the year is rounding up, they're reminding you, Balance your books with God. You are robbing God. I know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Balance your books with God. You are robbing God. As you are entering these ember months. Who knows what I'm talking about. We create a spirit of September. A spirit of October. A spirit of November. And a spirit of December. That does not exist. It exists only in Nigeria. It's only in Nigeria that ember months is a demon spirit. Fix all your stupid roads and let's see what accidents you can attribute to Ember Mont. <laughs> Fix it. Let's see what you can attribute to Ember Mont. Because all you're praying for is just the, out, the, the outfall, the fallout of a failed social system. Yeah. What you have made prayer point? Light, Nepa, water, road. As I'm traveling to the Lord from here to Lagos, I, I discovered the road. Can you imagine how many liters of blood of Jesus you're using to cover the road from Calabar to Lagos? You now soak the bus in the blood. Immerse the driver, the Muslim driver. The, it's not, after you have immersed the bus in the blood, it was not enough. You now still sprinkle the blood on the tires, the engine, and then you now left here. By the time you got to Itu Bridge, the engine knocked. Why won't it knock when it soaked in blood? <laughs> How does blood help in an engine to function, sir? Instead of oil and petrol and all those other things. You soak the thing in blood. And then you now start praying, Arise, O oh Lord, let your enemies. You are the enemy! matters boss if you are a very die hard prayer warrior when that boss died and the boss died because you are the Jonah you are the one that soaked the blood the blood in the blood you now start singing I plead the blood the blood of Jesus the one you soak in the boss yeah, it's not enough you are still pleading more blood pray pray bro start it puta 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 then it stops starting because now it is overfloating in blood. <laughs> remove the bad roads, remove the checkpoints, remove the power epilepsy, remove the lack of water. Africa will have no reason to be Christians. There will be, no, be nothing left for you to pray. So you cannot preach a gospel that is based on social infrastructural defects. Yes. 
We can't preach a gospel that becomes an outlet for the failure of a social system. We can't preach a gospel that helps you, teaches you you will prosper in, a, in an era where the economy is failing. That's not the gospel. So you feel like you're not doing enough. The more I do, the more assured, assured I am of my place in the kingdom. And that is not work. You have neglected the work. And the work is to believe. Now, you now, I was talking about simplicity of the gospel and how complex it is. You now understand why it is difficult to believe. That's why Jesus called it work. (laughs) It's so simple, it's difficult. Because by the time you finish the work, you don't feel like you have worked. And my brother, you want to feel something. This eternity you are talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you believe, okay. I believe. That's it. That's it. Yes. No, 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 no. A man leaves Syria. He's a, lep- he's a general. He's leprous. His name is Naaman. He, he's leprous. There's no cure for him in all of Syria. And he has an Israelite maid who says to him, there's a prophet in Samaria. And man, if you go there, that guy, your, your issues are going to be solved. It's like, okay, no, okay. So he's a general. He's leprous. He, he defies a uh, thing in Israel. And he has a, an Israelite lady who says, go to the prophet there. And this guy, you're going to be looked after. He carries his whole entourage and he gets to Elisha. Elisha doesn't even come out. <laughs> he sends Gazi. Go and tell him to go to the Jordan. <laughs> you know, it's at some, sometimes in the air it doesn't flow, some parts of the Jordan dries up. You know, the Jordan is not even really in Israel, it's on the border of Jordan. And it, you access it from the Jordanian side of the river, and, and there's nothing to it. Tell, you know, tell him, go and dip seven times. The Jordan, not not even nicer rivers like Tigris and Euphrates, and you tell him to go and deep in the Jordan, and all that dirt, like the Ganges in India. And he says there are better rivers in Syria. How would I go and deep here? And his own servant says, "But sir, if they had told you to do something more difficult, would you not have done it?" And right there you see salvation by grace through faith and salvation by works which cannot be said to be salvation because the righteousness apart from the gospel is not righteousness. Right there you see Christ at play in the story of Naaman and Elisha. Right there. That's it. Just this Jordan. Jordan of all places. So when I dip seven times, that's it. You won't even take the things I brought. You won't so much as throw a red carpet in my honor. You know, like how you, you go to preach the gospel in the country is some unwritten rule that as a minister, you must have audience with the president of the country. That's what should happen. So we now measure the rank of ministers by the types that governments and presidents welcome and the ones that gov- presidents do not reckon with. And he says... I said, if, if you told us to do something more difficult, you would do it. 
So something so simple and basic as just dipping in the Jordan. I mean, and he did it and it was clean. I'm not talking about Naaman today, but if you understand leprosy, can you still hear me? My voice is louder, right? Good. Leave the background music. It's just motion picture soundtrack. You understand it? You see what I mean? So, you know, each scene has a different soundtrack. Each scene. So we're now on the next scene. This scene, there's no soundtrack. Yeah. But, but if you are said to do something, what if I'll do it? If you understand, my Holy Spirit, help me. If you go and study Leviticus 13, I talked about that in the Great Exchange. And even understanding this gospel, you understand that leprosy is significant of sin. Right? So what Naaman had on him, was his inability, his sin, his inability to save himself. And, and, and when he dipped in water, the washing of the water by the word. Naaman, who was sin personified, encountered the washing of the water and became clean by doing the most mundane thing, the most basic thing believing. But we are measuring how much of assurance we have based on how much physical work deposit we have put into our so-called heavenly account. And then you check your balance at the end of the year. Yeah, my balance is heavy. I think I'm going to heaven. And that is the reality of many a believer. We have left out the work. We are following the works that should be a simple, flawless, effortless outflow of this work. We're now chasing this one and this one is what we now measure it by and this one is what pastors tell you to measure it by. You're not a tither. You're not in the department. Angel came to choir practice with your baby. You are not there. That's why you've not given birth for 10 years. The angel is too stupid to go to your house or come on Sunday morning. An angel that is supposed to be my servant. That angel is going to be fired. Put that scripture back up on the screen. John 6, 29. This is serious stuff. I know I said we're chatting, but it's serious stuff. I'm not even teaching. I can't be said to be teaching this. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. That you believe in him who he sent. John three seventeen. John 3, 17, just dropped in my heart. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. It doesn't matter what you do. If you do not believe, you are self-condemned. God does not even have the capacity since Christ to condemn anybody. And because he cannot give what he does not have, that is why he has not given us a ministry of condemnation. Because God does not know what it means to condemn a man since the cross. And God cannot give you what he does not have. If you as a believer have a ministry of condemnation, it means you got it from your father, who himself has the ministry of condemnation. Because as he is, so are you. So if you are a son of God, you cannot condemn even if you wanted to. Because it's not in your spiritual DNA. Because he, in whose image you are becoming, does not have what it takes to condemn. So when there's condemnation in the world, it is self-inflicted on account of unbelief. 
God does not condemn anyone. He who does not believe is the one who is condemned. God didn't condemn you. They lifted up the brazen serpent in the wilderness. And Moses said, anyone that looks for this serpent shall be healed. There are people who said, well, my, my friend, why should I look at the snake that beat me? I don't even like snakes. So look upon the snake. No, me. Snake. No. So at that point, if anybody died from that flea, was it God that killed them? No. So be careful before you say God killed somebody. The gospel believes is the finality of assurance for the believer. God gave you your salvation without your participation. God gave you your salvation without your participation. Tell your neighbor that. Take 30 seconds and preach that message to your neighbor. Some of you are laughing. This is, this is time for you to practice this thing. Preach it. Is there anybody? Honestly. Give me a bit more gain. Is there anybody that has a problem with that statement? Anybody, you have, maybe you're here for the first time or you're even here for the second time, 20th time and you have a problem with it or you, you have believed otherwise. Can talk to us, anybody? Scripture is very clear on it. You had no part to play in getting saved. I've said it over and over and over and over. Gift is here. Uh, where is she? Where's Gift? She went out. She's at the back. God's diva is there in Alfred's hand. What part did that child play in getting born? Auntie Nurse is here. Senior Nurse, sorry, big Nurse. <laughs> what part did the child play? None. The child did not know what family was being born into. Right now, the child has no idea that she's, what tribe would you say God's diva is? What's her language, her dialect? Bembe, from what local government? Obubra. And the child has no idea. Stay with me. She has no clue where she's from. But she's from there. I repeat. She has no clue where she's from. But she's from there. The first time she can comprehend when she's being told that that's where she's from, she still cannot speak the language of where she's from. But, but she's from there. She looks at a black man, even though she's fair, and her fair mother tells her, this is your dada. And one day she would wake up, look at him, square in the eyes, and call him dada. And she's not in doubt that this is her father, even though she was not there when he became her father. She was not there. She was just informed that this is your father. And, and it was, this is the mother that incubated you from the seed of your father. But I don't look like my mother. Yeah, she just incubated the seed of your daddy. 
So you don't look like your daddy right now, but you carry the seed of your daddy. And your daddy tells you, I am your daddy. So you are from where I'm from. You speak the language I speak. Oh, I don't speak it yet. It's okay. The key word is yet. The key word is not not. You do not speak it yet. It does not yet appear what we shall look like. Don't measure your sonship by what you are seeing. She has no clue. She doesn't know right now if she was born in a hospital. By whatever shape or form, she does not know. She can grow up now and we give her birth certificate that is a different date from where she was born. She won't know. She'll believe what you do. But she is no less a child of her father. She had no part to play. To convince somebody that they have a role to play in getting born again, you'll be, you'll be hard pressed to convince me that that child had a role to play in getting born. Because the only difference is one was born naturally, the other one was born spiritually. Same process. No part to play. And because she did not choose to be born, she was born, she has eaten today. A few times. Maybe a few minutes ago. She didn't need to say, I must eat now. Give me food or I die. Her, it is up to her mother. Maybe it's now that the mother is beginning to understand the pattern of sleeping and eating of the child. Because it changes in the first few weeks. It's difficult to know. You check the, the, when she's doing her poo. What color the poo is. How light it is. How thick it is. When she's sleeping when she's eating and then you now in the fourth or fifth week you now start to try and pattern the baby and the baby has eaten and the baby hasn't burped so you can't throw the baby around you have to wait and burp the child the child doesn't burp you know you can't do stuff so you take your time to begin to understand it she has no she's not she's not asking for anything the same thing as a believer you believe you were born then you start to learn the language you start to understand where they said you are from. You start to begin to understand consciously who they said your father is. What kingdom you were born into. Or your royalty. Ah. Both the royalty and the peasants, they all go to the toilet when they are born. As you begin to grow, you understand the type of toilet you go to is different. So if you are going to a pit toilet and you realize that you are royalty, you demand the toilet with the golden ring. Because now you are coming into the consciousness of whose you are. So if you had no part to play in your salvation, listen to me carefully. If you don't believe it and you think I'm a heretic, that's your problem. The door is there. You can leave. You have no part to play to keep it. You can only try to keep it if you participated in getting it. But you have no part to play in keeping it. Don't confuse what your engagements in the local church are with your sonship guaranteed. Do you understand? Don't. 
Don't confuse it. You have no part to play to get it. You have no part to play to keep it. You did nothing to earn it. You do nothing to keep it. Hello. You did nothing to earn it. You do nothing to keep it. And therefore look at me in the eye. You can do nothing to lose it. Tell your neighbor you can do nothing to lose it. Because there is no clause for you to unbelieve. If you believed, you cannot unbelieve. If you can unbelieve, you never believed. You cannot believe. And you must be careful to interpret scripture. I'm not teaching, I said I'm chatting, right? You must be careful to interpret scripture correctly so that you don't begin to understand people. People who are called apostates are people who never believed. Never believed. You cannot see him and turn away. You cannot. If you successfully turned away, you didn't see him. You saw a form of godliness. You cannot. You did nothing to get it. You do nothing to keep it. So you can do nothing to lose it. Uh, assurance. David doesn't know what he's talking about. If there ever was assurance, it is the fact that I did nothing to earn it. I do nothing to keep it. And boy, I do nothing to lose it. That is the only assurance you need beyond probability. I am not trying to make a heaven I am already in. No, no. I am in heaven. Oh, heaven is in my heart. Oh, heaven is in my heart. It's here. I'm in heaven. And heaven is in me. I am the Father's house. That's assurance. Jesus came to give the life of God. Yes? The word's away. And the word means existence. It means life and the life that gives life, life. Do you understand? Existence and the power that energizes existence. That's the way. It's not just life as an existence. What causes existence to exist? Do you understand? The source of existence. The way. And God can give the way because he is the way and he is the way behind the way. He's not just giving you something that he has to borrow from something else to sustain. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's giving you something that he is and because he is it, he's the one behind it. God cannot give you eternal life, you who is time-based in the flesh, and expect you to keep eternal life by your works in time. Do you understand what I just said? God gives you eternal life. No beginning, no end. Something only God can.
can sustain. Only God, no, don't just give. After he gives it, only him is the one behind it. He now decides that in your remaining 40 years on earth, the eternal life you get is subject on what you do in 40 years. Human existence cannot support eternal life. Live on the earth for 200 years and be righteous, more righteous than, than Job and Moses and Noah and Jesus. She be greater works than this. You shall do. <laughs> be more righteous and holy than Jesus. As long as all you did is time-based, it cannot hold up the life of God. Because the life of God is eternal. And only eternal can sustain eternal. Only everlasting can sustain everlasting. That is why it's God's duty to preserve you. Because the natural, the time-based cannot preserve the eternal. So we have been deceived to believe that our eternal life is a function of what we do in time. Then God should have given you a time-based life for now. (laughs) And see how you manage your time-based life. At the end of your time-based life, he can then offer you eternal life. But at the moment you believe, God didn't give you eternal life on probation. God did not give you eternal life like an employer. Let us see how you perform. In six months, we shall qualify your employment and determine, okay, you know what, now we have what is what they're looking for. Confirm your, your, your appointment. You're not a full, bona fide son of God. The moment you believed, what he gave you is what cannot end. I repeat, the moment you believed, what he gave you is what cannot end. He didn't wait for you to perform to give you. He wrote one test. All of eternity was summed up into one exam. This is Christ. One question. Do you believe? Option A, yes. Option B, no. You ticked, yes. Result, eternal life. It was not performance based. It will never be performance based. It is believing based. And he set that exam for you at the beginning. So we can do away with any ambiguities from the beginning of the journey. You know what the destination is. And you know you are guaranteed that. So now you have been given eternal life. You now start first of all in time. To begin to explore eternal life. Living in time a small capsule of what is eternal. So we worship as crazy as we do on the earth because for eternity all we are going to be doing is worshipping. So at the time we worship, we plug into eternity while in time. When you decide to not be governed by the systems of this world but be governed by the systems of God, what have you stepped into? Eternity. In time. So you know that at the end of time, we will be doing this still for eternity. That's why the kingdom of God was, is, and is to come. It is because it was, and it is because it is to come. It is to come because it is, it is to come because it was. 
It was because it is, it was because it is to come. And it is to come because it first was. What did God put in Eden? It, the kingdom. It's government, it's system. That's what started time. Was the kingdom in effect before it came on earth? Yes. That's why Jesus told them to pray that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what he did in Eden was to put a little bit of heaven on earth and as man expanded, heaven on earth will expand with man. So the idea was that Eden is a little seed. As man grew, by now, all of earth would have been heaven. Eden was not designed to be restricted to a particular geographic location. It was a system of glory. We'll teach this another day. I'm not teaching, I'm chatting. It was a system of glory. That's why you can't find the garden today. It's not a place. It's not the place designed to be found. Eden, cosmos, means a system of glory and governance. Kingdom, Basilea. It came in time because it was before time. And it's coming back again in eternity because it has existed in eternity before time. And even before it comes in eternity, it will come again in time for a time. An eon in the Greek. So nothing you do on a time-based level is strong enough to support eternal life. Eternal life takes eternal support. Tell your neighbor. (laughs) This is dangerous stuff. Lapradogos. If God is eternal, then his life is the same. If God is eternal, his life is the same, which means his life is eternal. An eternal God cannot give you uneternal life. If uneternal life is what you got from God, the God you got it from is not eternal. And he owes you some more. Let me make this statement. I said earlier on, how did I put this now? Holy Spirit is not here. How did I put this? I can't remember. So God gives you eternal life. And what what you do in time is not what your eternal life is measured by. Right? And so the works you're doing is not what eternal life, your qualification for eternal life is measured by. Right? So the life God gives you, or God came to give you. How do I put this? Uh, Holy Spirit, help me. I need to close this thing. Um, uh, everybody here is alive. Right? You have life. And that life that you have now, um, in the flesh. Yeah? Galatians 2.21. Yeah? That life in the flesh is not what Jesus came to give you. Because you had it before he came to give you something. Do you understand? In other words, you don't need Jesus to be alive right now. And you don't need Jesus to die right now. Because every human being has the gift of existence. Basic existence. And that basic existence is just a little capsule of time from the eternal life river of God. Are you following me? So what God came to give you is not basic existence. You already had that. I mean, you were dead in sin, but you were alive. Don't talk to me now. You were dead in sin, but you were alive. You were eating while dead. Marrying while dead. Do you understand? Going to school and coming out with first class while dead. So Christ did not die for you to get first class. Because you don't need Christ, sir, to get first class. 
Christ did not die for you to get on the Forbes list. Oh, by all means, get your first class. By all means, get on the Forbes list. He ain't got nothing on God. Are you following me? So you are alive. He didn't come to give you life as in existence on the earth. As though if you, if you denounce God today now, a car will just jam you on the road. Bah! Die. No. That's not the life Christ came to give. The life Christ came to give was the life that he is. 1 John 5.20 1 John 5.20 Oh, you would like this verse. 1 John chapter 5 verse 20. I need to finish this. Probably... I can't finish this, I'll finish it next week. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ. This Son is the true God and this Son is eternal life. We may know him who is true and we are in eternal life who is true and we know that eternity or eternal life or everlasting life has come and eternal life has given us an understanding that we might know eternal life who is true and we are in eternal life who is true and in his son Jesus Christ eternal life this his son him who is true this is the true God and this, him who is true, is eternal life. So it's not what is eternal life, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> it is who is eternal life. So it's not that Jesus came to give you a substance apart from him when you believe him. You believe me, I then give you a substance called eternal life. You can then decide whether you keep it or lose it. You believe me, who you believed is eternal life. The moment you believed me, you came into eternal life and eternal life came into you. You, you, you don't sow into it. Can you handle this one? You don't holy into it. You don't righteous into it. You righteous out of it. Because you have it, out of it, you are righteous in. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are not righteous for it. You are righteous because of it. You're not righteous to attain it. You have it and out of what you have attained, righteousness flows. You are, do you know what holiness is? Holiness, the word kadosh, is an acknowledgement of who you are in spite of what is around you. Holiness is not the absence of sin. Okay, we have to close this. I said I wasn't teaching. I'm just, I'm just chatting. So when Paul says, Peter says, be holy. He says, no, you don't you understand that you are set apart? Separated from and separated unto. It says come into the awareness of who you are. As different from who everybody else is. So we're not performing for eternal life. We have eternal life out of which we manifest in the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Eternal life cannot be lost because Jesus cannot be lost. If 
he can be lost, I thought, you are the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Living God. You are the Holy Ghost, the, the scepter of the King of Kings. You are the Holy Ghost, the seal of the age to come. And he's bringing everything in obedience to Christ. That's the Holy Spirit you have. He's the seal of your salvation for the day of redemption. And who is that Holy Spirit? Christ! The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ. Pap didn't say it. Romans 8 said it. And if you have the Spirit of Christ, you have eternal life. This is the true God and this is eternal life. So what did you believe before you answer? Who did you believe? I'll finish this next week. I'm just about halfway. Eternal life assurance beyond probability. You better thank God right now for what you have and give him praise. (laughs) Finish this next week. (laughs) I'm only just getting started. You can tell, right? (laughs) I'm only just getting started. If I stayed here, I'm here another two hours. I have eternal life. I am assured of it. Beyond probability. I'm not performing for it. I am performing from it. (laughs) I'm not manifesting to attain it. I have attained it and so I pour it out. I have eternal life. I am in eternal life. Eternal life is in me. He is the true God and his son, Jesus Christ. Can we give him praise tonight? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Give him praise. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.